Today, we are in part five of our series, Biblical Bad Babes. And part five today, we are looking at one of the most dangerous of them all. <laughs> we are looking at even... Um, there are certain people that we dump their hearts to this character. She's so heartless and mean. She's one of those people that you will describe as chop and clean mouth <laughs> without looking back. Can I get a copy of the outline? And um, so today, we will be looking at Delilah. Everyone say Delilah. The Atlas Wrecker of a Mighty Man. Delilah. We started by looking at Rahab. Then we looked at Mr. and Mrs. Lot and Daughters. Then in part three, we looked at Jezebel. And last week, we looked at the intriguing story of Sapphira. And today, we are looking at Delilah. In each of these teachings, we've, we've come up with a topic statement, a statement that captures the heart of, of the matter. In the case of Rahab, what the statement we came up with and what we, we, we distilled it down to was that with God is not who you were that matters. It's who you are becoming. It's not where you are being. She was a prostitute. It's where you are going with God. In the case of Mrs. Lot and her daughters, um, the, 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 the topic sentence, uh, statement um, we had was that with God, your focus is more important than your current direction. Where your eyes are looking is more important than where your legs are going because your legs will eventually go to where your eyes is looking. With Jezebel, we distilled it down to this statement that the state of your heart determines the actions that you take. Your decisions show us your heart, good or evil, you can say, oh, I have a good heart, but your decision is showing us your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks, and the life flows from, from there. That was Jezebel. Last week, in the case of Sapphira, we distilled it down to this statement, and we said, no matter how deceitful a heart is, it cannot deceive the Holy Spirit. And every time you go against God, you lose. No matter how deceitful a heart is, it cannot deceive the Holy Spirit. And it is in our own interest to align with God because every time you go against God, you lose. It's a lost case. Hallelujah. Today, we will start with the topic sentence again. And what is it? It is this. You are only as 
vulnerable as the secret you share. No one can destroy you without first uncovering your secrets and using it against you. You are only as vulnerable as the secrets you share. If you are new to try, we are um, we fill in the blanks in most cases. So you put secrets in the first blank um, you share. No one can destroy is the next um, space you fill in. No one can destroy you without first uncovering your secret and using it against you. Now, when we look at the biblical bad babes, it is important that we don't use this stories, these particular stories, to pull down all women. I'm sure you know that. We are not saying that women are evil. Is that what we are saying? Come on. Is that what we are saying? No, that's not what we are saying. We are not saying women are evil. Remember Rahab, Deborah, um, Jael, you know, so many great, Aquila and Priscilla, so many great, I mean, women in the Bible that helped their husbands fulfill their destiny. So it is not a teaching that's saying the problem of mankind is woman. <laughs> that is not the teaching. We have brave and strong women used by God to deliver nations. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay. So, an open question. As you are aware, we have three sections. The open, the study section, and the, commit, the commitment section. We have two open questions to open the floor. It's a backhand, it's a um, two-way teaching. In other words, you contribute to the teaching by um, raising your hand, and we go from there. Now, the first open question or series of questions is this. Have you had a situation where you were betrayed? Anybody? Have you found a situation where you were betrayed? Okay. Do you want to share it? Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. It's okay, no pressure. If you don't want to share it, if it's personal, too personal, it's fine. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, 2004, I was working with one woman at uh, a kid suicide. So, unfortunately, the driver didn't come to, he didn't come to work that day. So, I tried to drive the woman. So, the next day, I don't even know. So when the driver came, someone told him that I was the one that drive the woman out. So unfortunately, the woman is kind of arch. So the driver told me that, Ola, didn't you see this guy, this woman? She's, she's like, she's too harsh. Say, yeah, she's harsh. And she do this, she do that. So unfortunately, when we got home, I tried to open the gate. So within that two minutes, this driver told the woman that it was Ola, this what Ola, Ola said, said, said. And the woman came, called me and said, Ola, is it true? I know you say it. I said, yeah, I did it. When the driver came in the morning, I said, you will find your own in the picture. So that is why I left. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm sure you've learned from that. What did you learn? Quickly, what did you learn from that? Since then, I hardly chat with, even at work, I don't talk to people. <laughs> so, yeah. Keep your opinion to yourself. 
particularly about your boss, you'll be shocked at, they say that the walls have ears. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Um, the next question in the open is, is this. Have you found yourself in the unfortunate position of betraying somebody else? Now, you are the one that betrayed. Now, you have, you, have, you have changed. You are now cleansed, right? You are pure, right? So, but back in the days, you found yourself in the unfortunate position of betraying someone. Um, who, who wants to share that experience? I've had the unfortunate experience of betraying someone. Okay? There's a hand there. Thank you for your openness and sincerity. The mic is right beside you. Yeah. Good evening, Pastor. Good, Good evening, evening, Church. Um, my case is I have two friends in the office. They are both my friends. So one came to me to tell me something about what the other did. Do you know that this person is owing this person some money for more than six months? Okay, they are both my friends. I didn't tell her, why not talk to the person? What I did was to go to the other friend. Mm. And I told the friend that, okay, you're owing somebody money. Try and pay up. I think the person is complaining. And she was on my neck. I must tell her where the, I had it and all that and all that. I begged and begged and she refused. So I told her that it was this person that said this. Please try and pay the money. I even went as far as giving her the money to go and pay. She paid that day. The next day, I even told her that I'm also owing so that she will relax. The next day, she came back that she must confront that other person. Uh. I said, please, if you do that, she will know I told you. She said, no, she has a way of saying it. And <laughs> I couldn't believe my, what was going on. And I felt so bad that I betrayed right. The other friend. Right. And she actually went, confronted her after everything. That lady came back to me and said, why did I go? On? I said, did she say I told her? <laughs> 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 and in that okay. case. <clears throat> okay, fine. So what did you learn? Ah. <laughs> I just mind your business. <laughs> just mind your your business. Mind your business. By the way, in God's baby house, we have zero tolerance for, for gossip. We have zero tolerance for gossip. We sh shoot down gossip with a double barrel gun. Zero tolerance for gossip. Mind your business. Just mind your, your business. And worship your God. End of story. Second set of questions in open. Have you had to forgive someone that betrayed you? How easy was that? And what did you learn? Have you had to forgive someone that betrayed you? Who wants to share? Have you had to forgive someone that, okay, the hand right there. Good evening, church. Good evening. Um, I have had I have this cousin whom I was really close to. Um, when I had relationship issues some time back, I was I con I confided in him and talked to him about it. I was I usually found it very easy to discuss issues with him. And then after a while, I somehow came across a text message that 
was like, it was an exchange between himself and his fiancée, and it was about what I had discussed with him. Uh. It was it was very, 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 I, was, I felt very bad. Uh. And initially, I didn't want to confront him. So I told his younger brother, and he advised to talk to him about it. I actually did, but it took a long time for me to forgive him. I eventually did, but afterwards, even up until now, I have not been able to confide in him like I used to. I, in fact, I, do, I rarely taught him about things that concern But you are forgiving him. him. I forgave him long ago. But you don't trust him anymore? No, not at all. But it's not like I don't trust him, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not willing to share with him anymore. Yeah, you don't have to. There's a difference between forgiveness and trust. Forgiveness is giving, trust is earned. Okay, <clears throat> can clap for Jesus. So what did you learn? Okay, we've talked about that. That's, that's just what you learned. So we go straight to the study. Judges chapter 16 from verse 1, from verse 4 to 21. Judges 16, 4 to 21. I read from the New Living Translation. Sometime later, Samson fell in love. Everybody say, fell in love. <clears throat> Sometime later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah. I need to pray a little bit there. May you not fall in love with Delilah. In the name of Jesus. I noticed only, it's only the guys that said amen. Ah, look. As you will discover, Delilah, in our context, is the spirit. And a man can Delilah you. The same way a woman can Delilah you. So it's, it's, it's neutral. Um, it's gender neutral. So I pray again. May you not fall in love with Delilah. Good. Who lived in the valley of Sorek? The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong? How and how we can overpower and tie him up securely. Then each of us will give you a thousand one hundred pieces of silver that is each. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me what makes you so strong and what it will take to tie you up securely. Samson replied, if I were tied with seven new bowstrings that have not yet been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. So the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings, and she tied something up with them. She had hidden some men in one of the inner rooms of her house, and she cried out, Samson! The Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstring as a piece of string snapped when it, it is burned by a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. Afterwards, Delilah said to him, Have you been making fun of me and telling me lies? Samson, you're a liar. You're supposed to be a Christian. Now, please tell me, how you can be tied up securely. What effrontery. Samson replied, if I were tied up 
with brand new robes that had never been used, I would become as weak as anyone else. So Delilah took new robes and tied him up with them. The men were hiding in the inner room as before. And again, Delilah cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his hands as if they were tread. Then Delilah said, you have been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely. Samson replied, if you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into, into the fabric in your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I will become as weak as anyone else. So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again, she cried, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle, and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you? When you don't share your secrets with me, you have made fun of me three times now, and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with a nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, something shared his secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers, come back one more time, she said, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. Verse 19, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. Samson. <laughs> Where was I? <laughs> and then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down. And his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before. I will shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. May God not depart from you. In the mighty name of Jesus. So the Philistines captured him 
and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. The Lord bless the reading and the understanding of his words in Jesus' name. The story goes on to say of how Samson was brought to a temple filled with Philistines and though he was blind, he prayed that God will have mercy upon him and give him one last chance so that he would have strength to pull down that building and die with the Philistines. And the Bible says that he, God heard him and God, his hair grew back and he pulled down the temple and he died with 3,000 Philistines. So that in his death, he killed more Philistines than he did while he was alive. That was the story of Samson. It is difficult to talk about Delilah. You see, if you notice that in the, in the previous teaching, the first four parts that we did, we tried to focus only on the woman, on the woman, the woman in question, you know. But it's difficult to talk about Delilah without talking about Samson. So we are going to be, you know, kind of going back and forth into Samson, Delilah, Samson, Delilah, you know, just to give you a heads up about that. You know, I, I drill down to the meaning of Delilah. Do you know what Delilah means? Delilah means delicate. <clears throat> Delilah means to flirt. Delilah means she who weakens. She who what? Weakens. That's Delilah. So when a Samson, strong, powerful, anointed, meets a Delilah and begin to play with Delilah, eventually Samson will be weakened. Samson here could be female, could be male. And Bound, blinded, eventually destroyed. When you meet someone, I want, I want you to, I mean, I'm, I'm praying that God will, will, will oblige me this prayer. That when you meet someone and you ask the Holy Spirit who this person is, that it will tell you. In the name of Jesus. It will save your life. I was, I was sharing on Sunday how I met someone and I said to the Lord, who is this person? I, I, I kind of do it for fun, you know, just, you know, to banter with God. And, and he said, kryptonite. I've never heard that word. I mean, I must have heard it, obviously, but I, I, it was like I've never heard it before. I, I googled it, kryptonite, and I explained. Kryptonite to Superman is like Delilah to Samson. Kryptonite weakens the strong and render them, renders them powerless and ordinary. Don't joke with your destiny. You know, the, the problem with Samson was that Samson was like, ah, power still day. He slept with prostitutes. Ah, he shook himself. In fact, he carried the city gates. Imagine. It's not house gate, to city gates. He carried it for fun and went to drop it on a hill. If you are carrying a bag of cement up a hill, how difficult is that? 
And sometimes when we sing and, and, and you worship, you're like, but pastor, I still feel goose pimples. So it all must be well. <laughs> Let's go on. <laughs> so like I said, it's, 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 it's um, gender neutral. And the name Delilah, it used to be a very unpopular name. Nobody wanted to name their children Delilah. But guess what? In recent times, according to this website, namesberry.com, it says, Delilah's popularity graph shows that Delilah used his heading straight to the top. In our time, more people are naming their daughters Delilah. What does that tell us? At least in the Western world. Well, are there Nigerian Delilahs too? You will not see. <laughs> that name is, is, is gaining popularity because flirting is, is in vogue. Being hot and seductive is what parents want their children to be, you know. And it's a, it's a, it's a really, really, I mean, sad case. But before we get into the question, I, I want to, to read um, verse 15 of Judges 16. It says, then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You have made fun of me three times now. And you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. The level of the secret you share with someone determines the level of intimacy you have with the person. The word in the blank space is intimacy. The level of secret you share with someone determines the level of intimacy you have with the person. You are as close and as intimate with someone to the extent to those things that exist only between both of you. That's why adultery is so painful for whoever is on the receiving hand. Why? Because this person has opened up my inner treasures to... <laughs> So you are as intimate to someone as what is exclusively between you. And that is so powerful. So you need to determine the level of information you share with people. You, you see, you must know one thing I learned, you know, in my work with God and, and in serving God is the fact that I learned it from my grandmother, I learned it from my mother, I learned it from my spiritual father, Pastor Esco, late Pastor Esco, is that every strong man should have a secret. Every strong man actually has a secret. When I was, one of the last things Pastor Esco said to me, before he passed on, said for me, I should have kept my secret. I felt there was no need for secret. He said, he said to us, I mean, I was, I was shaking. Because if you know him, he just, he just says it as, as it is. I mean, he's, I mean, just like that. He says, I should have kept some things back. 
Nobody can destroy you if they don't know your secrets. They will just be guessing. I've been married now for 14 years. There are certain things that in year one of marriage, my wife did not know. In year five of marriage, she knew more things. In year 10 of marriage, she knew more things. In year 14, by December 6, she will know more things. But are there still things she doesn't know? Yes, there are. And that's the closest to, person to me on earth. What am I saying? Don't let Delilah siphon your life from you. No, no, no. no. I, might, I mean, they did. I'm not saying, I know you, I'm not saying my wife is Delilah. Don't get me wrong. God forbid. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that for, the, for all his worth, practice keeping that secret to yourself. For all his worth. I only say things when I'm sure God wants me to say them. You can't. In fact, ah, is there time today? Can we unpack this thing really well? In fact, men, one of the things I train myself from year one of marriage is how nagging must fail on me. It's part of my from Ask my wife. Nagging doesn't work with me. Never. If I'm enjoying it. This is a, so, as a pastor, how come your wife is so lovely? She doesn't nag. She's wise. She knows it won't work. She'll try something else. I will, I will tell you what she tries. <laughs> she has something else that works. But nagging doesn't work. Never. I, I use it to train myself. Nag on. You know why? If, you don't, if, if it doesn't work in the house, it doesn't work outside. My grandmother used to say, Tikuli obakwani. If the death within does not kill you, the one without is just wasting his time. Cannot touch you. So let's dive straight to the question. Questions. Number one, why did Samson keep falling in love with Philistine girls? You know, the first lady she said she wanted to marry, let, let me give you the background, was a Philistine woman. The father and the mother, they begged him. And they said, ah, look at all these beautiful girls in Israel. Choose one. Who will go and meet their parents for you? He says, it's a lie. It's the Philistine one, the rascal, the one, that's the one I want. They followed him. They married her. He fought with them. Left the place. By the time he came back, his father-in-law had given his wife to his best man. Imagine having a best man. Then the best man is now the one with the wife. And he says, eh. Hey. And he got foxes, set their tails on fire, released them into the farms of the Philistines. So the Philistines was like, why is something doing this? He says, because this man took his wife and gave his best man. The Philistines, they killed his father-in-law and the woman. They burnt them alive. You know what something did? Hey, you killed my father-in-law and my wife. I'm going to kill all of you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> then, he started sleeping with prostitutes. Only one was recorded, though. But the way it was recorded, you can tell that it was going from one prostitute to another prostitute. 
And guess what? Not Israeli prostitutes. Philistine prostitutes. I'm not saying Israeli prostitutes are good. <laughs> I'm just saying, what is it with Samson and Philistine babes? Finally, he fell in love with Delilah. Well, I mean, how does this turn out? I mean, who, who can relate with this? Why do you think Samson keeps falling in love with God's enemies? People that God says, don't touch, don't marry. Why? Who wants to help us? Oh, okay, let me, let me break it down. Let me make it easier. Why do you think there's something in us sometimes? Why do, do good girls sometimes they want to, it's just the bad boys they want to marry? Have you noticed? Give them a fickle, they don't want a fickle. <laughs> why does it appear that until they get in trouble, they don't stop? Or why does it appear, and on and on? Should be easier now. Uh-uh. That's cheating. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Pastor Dami. Then is there a hand at the back? Okay, then we have that. Okay, you've spoken now. Let somebody else speak. Yeah. So the reason that occurs to me now is because I think many people who are good believe they are missing out on something mm. with the people that are bad. Mm. So they feel res- restricted. So they want to, you know, launch out. Launch out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Absolutely. But let me tell you, you're not missing anything. You can see what happened to something. Okay. <laughs> yes, Pastor Richard, then we, we, we go on. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Good evening church. Um, I think because um, um, there's this part of scripture and I was trying to remember it said the stolen bread is sweet. You know, sin, sin sort of entices. In most cases, you feel you're missing out on, on something on the other side. So, they have something being that it was an Israelite that seen Israelite babes finish. Let me put it that way. So those ones were more interesting and right. not taste, taste them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Question number two. If we read Proverbs, I, I hope that comes up on the screen. Proverbs 7, 10, 13 to 15, and 21 to 26. Um, it says, The woman approached him seductively dressed and sly of heart. She threw her hands around him and kissed him. And with a brazen look, she said, I have just made my peace offering and fulfilled my vow. In other words, I've fulfilled my covenant of capturing you. You are the one I was looking for. I came out to find you and here you are. So she seduced him with a pretty speech and enticed him with a flattery. He followed her at once. Like what? Ox going to the... How do they go? <laughs> That's how they go. He was like a stag caught in the trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce his heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let our heart, your heart, stray away towards her. Don't wander down our wayward paths. For she has been the ruin of many. And many great men 
I've fallen at our feet. I've been our victim. What similarities do you find between this woman and Delilah? Do they look alike? That's Delilah. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, right there. And again, this is not gender specific. They, you can, for, for the ladies, there are men that fit this profile. They hunt you down. They've targeted you. They've watched what you like. They know, okay, she likes chocolate. They buy the dark one, but they don't tell you there's rum inside. And you eat the chocolate before you know it, you are tipsy. When you are tipsy, you begin to behave. And that's the end of the story. But that will not be your story in the mighty name of Jesus. In Judges 16, 16 to 17, when we read Judges 16, 16 to 17, um, let's read it first, then we'll come back to the question. It says, <clears throat> she tormented him with a nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared his secret with her. My heir has never been caught, he confessed, for I have I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. So question, women, for women particularly, is nagging effective? That is, does it produce the desired result? Why or why not? Women, is nagging effective? And does it produce... Okay, there's a hand there. Cool. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Pastor, I think it depends on the man. Uh, For some men, it doesn't work. Okay, so... So you need to know who you are. Yeah, you need to know who you're dealing with. Who you're dealing with. with. Yeah, if it's a weak man, it will work. It will work. But if it's a man who knows... Who knows him? What's the word? What do you want? He has his stand. You can't... You can't nag him to doing anything for you. You right. can't manipulate him. You can't manipulate him. There are some men you cannot manipulate. Right. Yeah, so, okay, so, so if you discover that you have a man that is weak. Oh, that's a that's tool. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good tool. Mike, are you here? The secret is out. <laughs> but on the face, she's just saying it as it is. You know? You know? But the end result is usually not good for both parties. Because at the end of the day, anyway, don't let me, who else wants to say something about that? Is it, thank you for that. Is it, um, does it work, women, nagging? Would you recommend it to your daughters that are getting married? That men, you have to nag them to submission. Oh, yeah, now. Okay, yes, please. Holy nagging would work. <laughs> I hear anyone today. <laughs> Holy nagging. My, my, my. Who says you don't learn every day? <laughs> I have never heard that before. <laughs> Holy nagging. Hmm. Can you give her the mic? Can you expand it? <laughs> Um, 
trying to explain this. Right. There's this um, prayer point I have or that I got to know. Right. That um, like it was asked that let there be rest for somebody until the person does whatever. All right. <clears throat> so like with holy, with um, nagging, right. and also with experience, hmm. it's like. And the man is sitting beside Joe. <laughs> Come on there. <laughs> it, 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 nagging would not ordinarily on your own, you know, doing it by yourself would not really work. But, but no, you make it righteous. Yes, you nagging. make it Holiness. righteous. Holiness. Put with fire. <laughs> Holy fire. <laughs> and I can tell you also, you know, with experience From that... Experience, uh, yes, with... You know, from the time I started attending church here, right. you know, talking about marriage and the rest of it, right. the boldness you have to be able to, like, get something whole in a, in a holy way, it right. will definitely work. So, <laughs> holy nagging, I would encourage it. Neither. Need I say more? Oh, my wife should not have been in this class today. <laughs> You're teaching her about things now. Come on. I'm going to give you Okay. Okay. Let's go on. Let's go on. Um, so, um, let's leave this nagging matter alone. <laughs> Question number four. Samson did not work worthy of his godly calling. But the Lord walked through his chosen vessel nonetheless. Because he was a judge and he was bringing deliverance to the Jews. How does this encourage you in your work with God? As the first part, and the second part is how should that make us afraid, quote unquote, of God? Something was. Sinning, was committing fornication, was committing adultery, was sleeping with prostitutes, he was still as anointed, as powerful, he was still yanking up gates, he was still tearing the mouth of lions, he was still, you know. Is there any encouragement there? What would it be? Is there any warning there? What would it be? Yes. For me, the encouragement there is that um, you don't have to be a certain way before God decides to use you. So even though I'm striving, you know, to be a better Christian, to be a better child of God, I don't have to be a certain way before right. God decides to move right. through me. So right. that's the encouragement for that me. That is the encouragement. Hold on. So um, I don't have to be perfect before God will use me. But what she keeps saying, what she's saying is that we should forget, we shouldn't miss that. When I'm striving... And I'm making progress, you know. Even though some people like Samson may not strive, but God will still use them. The gift and the calling of God is without repentance. You need to understand that. The gift and the calling of God is without what? It's without repentance. If he's anointed, he's anointed. There's nothing you can do about it. But there's a <clears throat> caution there. How should that... Going by how the whole thing played out, how should that make us afraid of God? 
Um, it just means you can't keep meddling with sin and think God will close his eyes forever. One day to catch up with you, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. So it's, it's like um, there's a way that seems right to, to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. Because you can't keep saying, oh, after all, uh, uh, the blind is still seeing, the lame is still walking, you know, I'm still anointed. Like somebody said, oh, pastor, I'm still worshiping and I still have goose pimples, you know. I'm like, when did goose pimples become, become a measure of God's approval? <laughs> you know, um, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, the, um, this reminds me of um, a testimony I heard sometimes when I was on campus. Um, there was this man of God that we invited to minister there. And um, he gave his testimony that um, I think he fell into sin sometimes. Right. And the miracle still continued mm. until God, you know, until he repented and kind of like asking God why, you know, even when it wasn't right, mm. you know, the miracles continued. Mm. And God told him that, uh, is it because we are going to hell, I will not save others? <laughs> you know, so, Whoa. So that's, that's powerful. That we need to Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> is it because you are going to hell, I will not save others? So if you like, be going to hell, <laughs> I will still use you. Ah. Wow. That's scary. In other words, you are just a signboard. You are pointing people to the right direction, but you are not going there. That will not be our story. In the mighty name of Jesus. That, that's so huge and powerful. Um, let's go on. I think that's, that just um, <clears throat> nails it. Question number six. Five. Why do you think Delilah betrayed Samson? Why do you think Delilah betrayed Samson? Who wants to go? Why do you think Delilah, okay? Okay, and there's a hand there. I praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think one of the reasons is probably because Delilah will become the superstar in the village. This is something that all the men could not do, all the warriors could not achieve, huh. and she was able to achieve it. So she'll become a star. So that probably was one of the reasons why she kept crying and crying over and over again. True. True. She was a local babe. Um, and, and she will be the local champion. <laughs> yes. She didn't really love Samson. She only wanted to achieve her aim. Okay. She was able to betray him because she didn't really love him. Awesome. That's correct. Yeah. That's also correct. Yeah. Is the hand in the back? She's an usher, but she can't talk. She's free to contribute. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think... Um, Two reasons. One, she loved her country and she loved money. But what really beats me here is in um, verse 14 and 13, 14 verse 4, it says that it was God that was behind Samson getting married to the Philistine. That's, that's for me. It's it was God that was behind Samson getting married to who? Sorry, um, getting married to a Philistine. For me, that's that's really um, like um, yes. I mean, that's um, judges. Is that a question or what? Judges fourteen four. You said yes. Is that a question? 
think that's part of the reason why Samson did some of the things he did. No, no, no. This is Delilah we're talking about. Why did Delilah? Okay, she, loved, she loved money and she loved Samson. her country. She what? She loved money and she loved her country. That's what and I she think. she loved her country. Okay. Yeah. She loved money and she loved her country. Yeah. Delilah. Any other? Okay, so why did Delilah betray Samson? For money and power. For Fame, money and power. Power, money. Fame, power, money. Awesome. <clears throat> Six. Be careful of the person you love that doesn't really love you back. Can you relate? I said yes there. Be careful of the person you love. The Bible says, says, Samson loved Delilah. The Bible never said Delilah loved Samson. Samson loved Delilah. And it was okay. Delilah could tolerate the love. He was enjoying it. He was the powerful guy that every girl wants to be with. Huge biceps, maybe. I don't even think Samson had biceps. You know? Because if he had biceps, he wouldn't be asking what was the secret of his power. But it was the one that could get things done. So, it was convenient for her to be with him. But it, she didn't really love him. Can anybody relate to that? Did you want to share something? Too personal. <laughs> Does anybody want to share something about that? If you are always pushing yourself on, on someone, be careful. Be careful. It wasn't all about Samson's love for her. It was rather all about Samson's love for her. It wasn't about her love for Samson. You know, even when he confronted, she confronted him, she says, and you say you love me. She didn't say, I love you so much you can't share it with me. No, 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 no. He says, you said you love me. You know? Now, okay, let's go on. Question number seven. <clears throat> I want us to keep razor focus, um, razor sharp focus. That's why I'm um, not digressing. Samson's life was driven by revenge. Like I said, he took revenge of father-in-law, took revenge of the Philistine, took revenge because of everything that happened to him. He is always taking revenge. Could his story have ended more gloriously if his final prayers was not even motivated by revenge. His final prayers was even motivated by revenge. He was saying to God, he didn't say, it wasn't because of God's glory. It was like, because of my eyes that these people have pulled out. Grant me this request that I will destroy them. Revenge. Now, question. Could Samson's life have ended in a more glorious way if it wasn't revenge-driven? What if he had prayed? Restore everything that I have lost. My eyes, my power, so that I can break this chain and kill everybody in this place for you. What would have happened? God will have answered now. But rather, it was too revenge-driven that he was prepared to die with them. And some, sometimes we are so hurt and bitter 
that we don't even see that what we are asking for, what we are about is going to destroy us as well as the person we are about to destroy. Sometimes, I mean, the classic scenario is husband and wife situation. When wife prays that the husband will be as poor as the church rat. If you pray your husband will be as poor as the church rat, guess what is going to happen? Who is going to drink Gary? You are the one that is going to drink Gary now. It's both of you. So, it's, 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 it's because he's a foolish man. Uh-huh. The foolish man, but you are together. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Marriage is amazing, isn't it? Um, so, revenge, even when you get it, never makes your life glorious. Revenge, even though you get it, never makes your life glorious. Question number eight. Think of a personal example when you wanted to hurt someone physically, emotionally, financially, socially, because he or she hurts you first. How did that go? Anyone who wants to share? Think of a situation where you want to hurt someone. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I had this experience sometime early this year. Someone who we had gone to visit, she had a baby, you know, gave her gifts and all, and then we left. She was to help me get help in my house. She had introduced me to her agent, Anani agent. I'd seen them, I'd interviewed the girl. A few weeks later, the nanny agent came to my house to tell me that, ah, my dear, I met you and I think you are a good person. But the things this your friend told me about you, that you people are evil, you and your husband, you are bad people and all that. So I said, ah, mama, she, she, she said this to you. She said, yes. I said, I'm going to confront her. She said, no, ah, don't tell her. I will look like a bad person, but I need you to be careful. So she left. And I thought, I said, if I go to this lady, I'll betray this old woman. So what do I do? I picked the Bible and I read Proverbs 17, 13, my husband and I. The Bible says that he who repays oh. evil for good. For good. Evil will, evil will never depart from his house. So I prayed that prayer. And from <laughs> that day, this woman, when she sees me, she begins to run. Uh. If I come out of my door, she sees me, she runs inside. But, if but I'm standing outside, she tries to come out of her car, she cannot. She will wait until I go into the house. You know, it became like a torment for her. You know, after a while, I said, I need to free this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's not doing me any good. It makes me laugh, though. I even had to call my mom one day to come see what I was going through. My mother laughed. Said, Emoji, free this woman, please. You know, so I prayed. I said, God, I ask for mercy. You know, I, I forgive her from my heart, but she cannot be my friend anymore. So the next day, I heard the, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that she would greet you. All this while, she couldn't greet me. She keeps running from me. If she greets you, answer her. So she just came out and said, good morning, Anina's mom. Oh, I said, Good morning. And I said, well, well, you are free now, you know. So praise the Lord. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> my prayer put her in bondage. That's the, the, the learning point for me. Put okay. Her in bondage. <clears throat> praise God. You notice everywhere went quiet. And people are like, uh, 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 uh. That's a very dangerous prayer. <laughs> but that's our experience. Anybody else? Yes. 
you know. Um, 2011, I was working for a company and I was working for someone that was very, very close to me. And, you know, I actually he was with me for like four, four to three months. He didn't pay and he actually told me uh, uh, that I needed to go to his office that very moment to see him and he was going to do some settlement and all that. So I had a large catch on me and I paid it. His, his office was at Soundfield. I paid to Soundfield and I waited for morning to night. He didn't pick up his call. He didn't answer. I was so, I didn't know what to do. I had to trick because I was not this kind of person that could if I see someone, they ask someone, okay, look, this is this, pay me this, pay me this. I checked from Soundfield to my house at Aja, and that happened twice. So the next time he called me and he said he was clearing some containers and he needed me to bring some people to um, gather uh, whatsoever I should sort it out and be able to clear it. So I said, okay, you made me trick twice from Soundfield to Aja. This time around, I will deal with you because they ever me four months. So when the people came, I actually, I was battling with it. Even, you know, I didn't know what to do. And at the point, I wanted to pay him back because of what he did to me. So it was like the guys were charging 50,000 Naira to clear the stuff. I told him it was 65. So I, I get my own extra and I said, okay, look, I'm going to take advantage of this man. And after I did that, it was not easy for me because I couldn't, I felt I had betrayed him even though he hurt me and I couldn't stand face to face to him anytime he wants to send me and, you know, it was so bad that at the point that when he calls me, all I hear in my ears is, you cheated him for 15,000 naira. So anytime I want to speak to him, all I hear in my ears is, you ate his 15,000 naira. So it was so bad. So the process of where I got through was when the teachings which you actually did on restitution. And that was when I sent a text to him and I, I called him and I told him that this was what I did. And though he didn't answer, but I had to clear up my mind. And so that has teach me a lesson that no matter how, <laughs> don't even try to pay back. Okay, because so you restituted. Be, you'll be the one to swallow the pens. Okay, awesome. Question number nine. It's easy to criticize the mercenary nature of Delilah. Now, let's look a little closer home. Have you ever taken or struggled to take a job simply for the money? How did that go? Someone is saying, why else should I take a job? Is it not for the money? <laughs> no, there are many other reasons. Many other reasons. How did that go? Anybody? You've had the situation where you had to take the job or you've struggled to take a job just for the money. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. While I was um, doing an MBA, I, we had an opportunity to do an internship and I chose one of the biggest paying companies that came around at that time and it was far away. Other people were hailing me, you know, and you know, we went there and we started work. To call the whole long story short, yes, yes, yes. I was not paid 
<laughs> what I was supposed to be paid. After working for a month, they cut the salary into almost half and a lot of things. I lost the pregnancy. I, my, I had my car tumble into, I had a lot of stress and I did not pray before taking that. So <laughs> that was my experience. Okay, thank you. So that was a, a mercenary operation for the money. Okay, question number 10. What do you need to do practically and specifically to avoid being ensnared by Delilah? What do you need to do? Male or female Delilahs, what do you need to do practically and specifically? Okay. Praise God. You need to keep your secret to yourself. Don't let it out. Keep your mouth shut. Okay. Yeah? Awesome. Keep your mouth shut. Keep your secret to yourself. Number one. What else do you need to do? Raise your hand. Right at the back. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a married woman, don't let um, other men be your best friend. Mm. Don't let even other ladies be your best friend. Let mm. your husband be your best friend. As much as possible, confide and... Um, That's a good place to clap. Even if the man does all, is not always listening. <laughs> Try to create time. Ah! Oga, he's right beside you. <laughs> Sometimes you may have to repeat the gist two times. You repeat before. the gist two times before he gets it. But don't get used to the situation whereby you are always gisting with other people outside. Then you get home, you don't have anything to talk about again. And then those people become closer to you. They know more about you than your husband. And eventually, one day... Or your wife. Or your wife, sorry. Right. Or your wife. And then one day, something else will happen. Mm. Emotional attachment starts from there. So uh -huh. you have to be very careful. Okay. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. So that is in addition to, to that. What else can you do? There's a hand there. Yeah. I think the first thing you should do is run. You because run. the Bible says flee. flee. Don't stand and negotiate. Don't stand and say, oh, should I tell a secret secrets or not? Or, you know, try to be logical about it. Just first and foremost, run. And Amen. then you can think about it from afar. From afar. So the first thing is to do, to do is to run. I mean, if you're not close to the person, there's no need of worrying about sharing any secrets. Right? So you, you cut off access. If there's no access, then there's no vulnerability. Yeah. Okay, I think that kind of summarizes it all for that question. Um, question number... Sometimes, let me just pause. Why is it so difficult for some people to run? Have you noticed? Why? Yes. person you're running away from is your husband. How? <laughs> okay. Now, what if you are married to Delilah? Okay. That is A-levels. We, we may have time to talk about that, but... Uh, <clears throat> Sometimes people just have lots of vacuums to fill, and so it's hard to run. People have what? A lot of vacuums to fill, oh, and right. so it may be hard to run. Right, 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 right. So... I mean, so if you, if you are trying to fill your vacuum with the wrong person, eventually you discover that it's difficult to, to run. So be wise from the onset and guard your heart. 
so that you won't have to struggle. What if you are married to Delilah? I need to answer that question at the end. Remind me if there's time. Um, yeah. Another reason why I feel people find it difficult, people don't want to run is if a few, they are really, really strong spiritually. There's nothing anybody can do oh. that can, um, um, you know, you feel your... Something. <laughs> the anointing is flowing. You know, that's what the Bible says. That's, that's a very good one. Let he that thinks he stands, take heed, lest he falls. So the moment you begin to think you are invincible, you are most vulnerable. The moment you begin to think you can't fall or certain things are beyond you, be careful. Be careful. Okay. And, you know, not necessarily because you are prideful. Sometimes you are, I'm going to share a story. I mean, the lady is here. I'm sure she won't mind me sharing it. Of course, I won't share, uh, I will disclose uh, identity. I'm sure she won't mind me sharing it to help other people. We were in church and I just called her and I said to her, be careful, she's married. She's been married for over a decade. She has children, so she's happy with her marriage. So I said to her, mm. they want to put eye inside your body, as in be careful. And she said she just laughed. That's pastor. That's in 20-something years of marriage, if it is. I don't know how long she's married. She has not had another man say to her, try to seduce her. So she left. She said, did she say that week or the following week? If not that I'd want her, to be another story entirely. In her own case, it wasn't because she felt she was strong. It was because she felt it is beyond me. But it was knocking on her door, right on her door. So many times, when God is saying to us, take heed, take heed just means take heed. Be careful. You can't go wrong by being careful. Praise God. That's to help somebody. They say that. That's not me. Be careful. Samson's greatest weakness was Delilah. What do you think was Delilah's greatest weakness? Was it lust? Was it greed? Was it idolatry? Was it selfishness? Make a case for one of those possibilities. How do you make a case for it? I think... Delilah's greatest weakness was lost because, and you tell us, why? Just two people, then we'll go on. Yes, sir. God. Um, I think Delilah's uh, greatest weakness was selfishness. Right. Because um, it was all about her. Um, I think for all Samson's weakness, I, I really think... He loved Delilah. Just the Delilah's weakness. It was so, selfishness because yes. it was all about her. It was all about what her. What she so. could gain. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what do you think was Delilah's weakness? 
Yes. Greatest weakness, rather. Praise God. Hallelujah. I also think Delilah's greatest weakness was selfishness because all the while that she was tormenting Samson, she was like, now you have mocked me, now you have embarrassed me, mm. and you say you love me. So mm. it was just about her. It was so majorly selfishness. Okay. Thank you. I wish somebody else would say some other thing apart from selfishness. I can't see. Okay. Let's have that. Yeah. And something else, uh, pardon me, something else, greed, because she actually collected um, 1,100 um, silver coins from every, every leader. And every leader. Imagine if there were 20 leaders. I mean, she was smiling all the way to the bank. 22,000 pieces of silver. Yes. Right in front. I think her greatest weakness was um, probably she was um, power drunk or fame drunk because everybody had tried to take down Samson and nobody had succeeded. So when Samson more like came after her, you remember Samson had fell in love with her. So she was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get a good name and be known for being the one to take you down. So he probably even means if, if they had not even offered her money, it was just a, she could have a done time it for bomb. The fame. <laughs> or just for the fame. Praise the God. money was Jara. You record. Okay. Verse, uh, question number 12. Read verse 6, 10, 13, and 15. Let's read it first. Then we'll tackle the question. Um, it says, so, verse 6, so Delilah said to Samson, please tell me what makes you so strong. And what it would take to tie you up securely. Verse 10. Afterwards, Delilah said to Samson, You have been making fun of me and telling me lies. Then you say you're a Christian. Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely. Verse 13. Then Delilah said, You have been making fun of me, telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be securely tied up. Samson replied, then verse 15. Let's go on to the next one. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times now and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. Be careful of people that just want to know why you are so strong, why you are succeeding. What is it about you? Be careful of such people. Not that they want to learn, no. Delilah was as clear as she can be. So why did something fall? Why did something fail? Delilah was clear. Tell me so that we can bind you. So that we can capture you. I mean, most people will be sly, right? Most people will be, you can't know except you have the spirit of discernment. You can't know what their assignment is. But Delilah was upfront. This is what I want. I want to destroy you. Tell me. So why did something still fall? That's the first question. Then was it Delilah's fault that something fell? Or was it something's fault? Whose fault was it? Then we'll talk about that last question, the second question, the third question in that group. So the first question, so why did something still fall? 
who can, who can tell us quickly? I mean, this lady put it out there. This is my assignment. I've, I'm an agent from, from hell. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you love someone that doesn't love you back, in, mm. so to speak, the next thing people want is acceptance. Mm. And they just want to do whatever the person says, you know, mm. and they are blinded by, I just want this person to love me back first. Mm. So every other thing is not clear to them. Mm. They just want the person's affection. Mm. And that clouds everything else. And in so doing, you keep making wrong mistakes. Mm. You make wrong decisions. You just keep being foolish and mm. just keep, I don't know. Absolutely. So you have until you are... <laughs> Until you are contented with your acceptance in God exactly. and make sure that the love is true. Exactly. You really don't need their. Thank you. One reason. There's another reason. There's another main reason. Yes, sir. Tell us. That's one. Another reason. Tell us. Yeah. Because you fell in love. Because you fell in love. Okay, you're saying the same thing. Thank you. Another reason. There. And give him the mic also. Let's hear it. Praise the Lord. I think uh, he lacked uh, self-control and self-discipline. He lacked self-control. Okay, self-discipline. <laughs> okay. Thank you, sir. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think with, um, if we read everything, I think it's pride. Pride. And I'm seeing over time he became too proud. Oh. And uh, because of that, he thought he could get away with anything. So, um, okay, yeah. Yeah, close home, close home. One more. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I, I think for, for me, Samson had um, lost, at a point of time, he forgot where his source was coming from. And he felt it was all about him and he could do anything. So even the Bible talks in, in John, Jesus was saying, if you remain in me, he was emphasizing that if you remain in me, and I you in can you. do, yes, I in you, you can do all things. So when Samson started, started falling, uh, you know, maybe the, the God was trying to retract him and say, look, you're going to the wrong side. He, his ears okay. were already dead. He could okay. not hear okay. anyone. Thank you. That. Now, why did Samson still fall? The no answer. Okay. Let's have you. Let's have you then. To go. Yeah. Tell us. Um, so I think Samson fell because he thought he was so strong that he still had the power. Because um, Judges 16, 20 said, after Delilah had called that they have come for him, he said, I will go out before them and shake, shake myself, myself free. <laughs> okay. It was presumptuous. Okay. Yes. Check me. Why did something still fall? Delilah put it out there. This is my mission. Yeah. I, I think that the spiritual um, answers to the highest bidder. I mean, for Delilah to say, this is my mission. Hmm. Um, you know what up front, up front, and at the end of the day, so it's like the altar that was raised uh, is our altar was greater than our <laughs> stronger than Samson's altar <laughs> because Samson was not servicing his own. Um, okay, fine. I mean, all those answers, um, you know, are, are part of the complete co um, answer, but the, the, there's only one word that gives us the key to why Samson still fell. And that word is access. If you give the wrong person access, 
no matter how strong you are, you will fall. If you, if you give the wrong person access into your life, their continual coming is going to weary you. If you don't cut off access, it's a function of time. The time bomb is going to happen. So as, as long as Delilah still had access to Samson, she could, she, the moment, she announced it once. Anyway, we'll get to that question. <clears throat> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, but the, the, the last question here, but do, do you get that answer? Great. The um, next question, should Samson have kept lying? To Delilah. Was Samson actually lying? You know, we had a, a tribe session when someone says that uh, you shouldn't lie. You know, Samson should not lie. Where is... Um, okay. To be as simple. Biso, is he here? Richard, is Biso in church? Where is she? Okay, Biso is there. Can you give her Biso? Can you give Biso the mic? <laughs> Tell us. Was Samson lying? In this so, scenario, <laughs> in this scenario, uh-huh. I'd say something was um, being wise <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now it's fine. We are on the same page now. We are on the same page. <laughs> Someone says, "I have come to kill you." Tell me the source of your power. Ah. You don't owe the person the truth. You don't owe the person the truth. Ah, the source of my power. Clap three times. Jump up five times. Somersault seven times. Then that will be the solution. <laughs> While he's jumping and somersaulting, you run away. <laughs> Sorry, sir. Okay, yeah. I'd like to ask a question. What if something said, I cannot tell you? What if something said? What if you just said that, I cannot tell you? Eh, well, either way. He's not telling. But if he has, if Delilah had a gun to his head, Samson cannot just say, I can't tell you. Delilah will pull the trigger. You surrender. Okay, fine. <laughs> Question number 13. The silver didn't represents Samson's value. It was Delilah's price based on how she valued Samson. How should we relate with people that don't value us? How should you relate to people that don't value you? As far as Delilah was concerned, Samson was just a few silver pieces I'll sell his head for you. And many of us, we have Pulled close to ourselves, people that can sell us for a few hundred thousand. How do you relate to people that don't value you? How do you relate to people that don't value you? That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Is she the only one in the choir? Pass the mic to the next person. Give the, give the next person. Yeah. Yeah. Talk. Flee. You flee. <laughs> you flee. 
You run away from them. You stay away from them. You love them from a distance. Love them from a distance. Uh -huh. Thank you. The next one will be the next person to go around. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what is, what if you are married to such a person? I actually have it here in my notes, but we'll get back to it at the end. Um, question number 14. Should Samson have waited till the second, third, and fourth time before getting rid of Delilah? Why do you think he treated her with kid gloves? Why wasn't he brutal? Why did he wait? Should he have waited? Someone says, I've, I've come, or, or you know, if I get into a relationship with this guy, he's going to destroy my marriage. And the guy is sending you text message. And you are continuing the conversation. Does that even make sense? Does it make sense? Praise the Lord. So that's a no-brainer. But do you know why he waited first, second, third, fourth time? Do you know why he didn't run after the first time? Do you know why he didn't run after the second time, after the third time? Do you know why? The reason is this. He's always been pushing the envelope and getting away with things. I will shake myself like before. Something is, is used to committing fornication, doing what God says don't, don't do, and nothing changes. That's something. Something is the one that we keep disobeying God and still is getting promoted in the office. That's something. And something is saying, oh, this Christianity, there's grace, my friend. That's something. But you see, there's always a last envelope you will push. I pray you won't push that last envelope. In the name of Jesus. That's something. That's why. That's why he didn't do it. He didn't, he didn't stop. After the first time, she said that to you. Oh, you, you are something now. Give her a dirty slap first. Then run away. After all, you've been killing the Philistines since. You can kill all of them. And God is behind you. But 15. Even strong men and strong women have weak moments. The strongest of men is a man. In the final analysis, the strongest of men is a man. Every Samson has a Delilah. How will you overcome your Delilah? How? Okay? No problem. Well, just two responses. How will you overcome your Delilah? I would say that you overcome your Delilah by just... Um, uh -uh. I will overcome my Delilah. I will overcome my Delilah uh -huh. by resisting the Delilah in Jesus' name. But, 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 but you are talking as if you are talking to the Delilah. <laughs> I'm not the Delilah now. I want to. We are not fighting. <laughs> yeah. It's in 
the Bible that you should, for you to, you know, you really devil, have to fight from the you. devil. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. But in the case of Delilah, you should actually run, not resist. Run. You resist because we keep talking about it. And for me, as you've been talking, the Delilah does not necessarily have to be physical. Yeah. It's the Satan that comes and lies to you. Right. It keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. What right. do you do? You, you first resist, cast it out, and then you run from every appearances of evil. Absolutely. Chikena. You talk to your legs. You don't stay around. Leave me now. Leave me now. I don't want. But you are still there. I don't want. Um, okay. Second person. How will you overcome your Delilah? Good evening, church. Good evening. Like, in my half fellowship last Sunday, I was talking to my half fellowship leader that an ex that is married kept calling me and sending me a message on WhatsApp that we should start dating back. He wants us to get married. And I told my half fellowship leader, this is what's happening. And she said, why should you even be talking to that person? Oh. You should have blocked him. So that, I, I did that because I know there's no way I can keep resisting such a thing. Exactly. I had to block him. I had to stop picking his calls. So right. that's the, I thought that he was a Delilah coming into my life. Mm. So I had to run away from Right. Let's clap for Jesus. I mean, now you will notice that once you blocked him, you became free. End of story. End of story. I, I said to a guy, he said to me that there's this lady that in this case, the lady has, was married. He wasn't married. They were dating before. But the lady says that it's his own love that is sweeter than her husband's own. So this guy comes running to me and says, Pastor, I'm in trouble. And I said, what's trouble? What's the, I can't see the trouble. She says, when she calls, I said, don't pick her call now. She says, Pastor, every time she calls, I must pick it. That's the kind of hold she has. So I said, hey, I said, let me see your phone. <laughs> I removed the SIM card. I said to him, go to Third Milan Bridge, drive there, and bring it into the lagoon. You'll be free. He did that, he was free. For a season. <laughs> and she saw him at shop, shop right. You! <laughs> But by that time, he was engaged and he could run, you know. But he needed that space to gather himself and, and gather his strength, you know. Otherwise, he will remain a puppet. Praise the name of the Lord. Sistine, do you think that Delilah was among those killed when the temple collapsed? I thought about that. Why? Why not? Mm. Mm. Okay. We have that and we have that. That hand. Okay, then I we have she, that hand. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. I think she would be because of Samson's um, revenge. Um, he, he, Mentality? Yes, exactly. He would, he, would, he would probably have wanted to 
take his revenge on her, as well as the um, leaders that gouged out his eyes and all the other Philistines. So he, he, he would have made it a, a, a ceremony in which she would have to attend. Absolutely. So that kill, kill okay, so that's why you think she, she, she did. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, I think she will be there because, I mean, she'll be on the high table. High table. The, the woman that delivered something into our hands. Yes, sir. Okay, that's the same thing you wanted to say. And you see, even though it wasn't explicitly written in scriptures, it shows us how faithful our God is. No one that touches his children goes free. He will arrange it in a way that, you may not even talk about it. Delilah, if, if Delilah is not there, who will be there? And that got Samson his last revenge. <laughs> okay. Number 17. So, so what's, 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 the, what's the solution to, to um, okay, what's the most important lesson you have learned from the story of the devilish Delilah? What's the most important lesson you have learned? Yes, Ramde. What's then? Um, but the most important lesson you have learned, I want to hear someone that has not spoken. Yes. Access. access. Giving the wrong people access to your life. For me, Delilah um, represented, even the Bible says she was from the valley of Sorek. Uh. Valley spiritually, if you consider it somebody in the dark, in the dark. somebody um, um, emotionally down. Okay. You know, and they always say that it's very easy for somebody that is down to pull the person that is up, down. Down. Absolutely. It's easier. And it's very difficult for whoever is up to pull the person that is. So access. And access. the Bible says, what has light got to do with darkness? We should not be unequally yoked. Okay. Thank you. Um, someone that has not spoken, otherwise, Pastor Richard, let's have you. Then, this, you told me something about solution to the something last week. Never, never, never. Oh, don't remember. Okay, good. <clears throat> so, Richard, let's have you. Then we'll have you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, uh, for me, it's the the fourth thing. Um, when he says um, you shouldn't have treated it with kid gloves, kid gloves, fourth thing. Um, permit me, sir. There was something uh, when I just gave my life to Christ. Um, there's some principle that I learned um, back when he used to pastor. Um, you talked about a man that was um, spirit-filled and would, would fast. And just before his fast finish, he in, in, in got himself involved in sexual sin. He had been fasting and praying for something. So uh, everyone had released the timeline for receiving, um, granting him that request. So let's say it was Friday. He had fasted on, until Thursday or Wednesday and then fornicated. But on Friday, the blessing came. So for him, he felt, well, I can fast and still uh, commit um, sexual uh, sin. Uh. And the next time he, he tried, he didn't know that uh, as, as of Friday, heaven had also released this punishment for next Friday. <laughs> you know, so I, I hope everybody got that. Yeah. That, that has been my, my guiding light in my, in my walk for and with God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because many times with heaven, things are not always instant. Um, and uh, thank you for that. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, 
I learned that, you know, when, when you're confronted openly like that, you shouldn't take it for granted. Mm. Think that uh, you can actually surpass it. You take uh, people for their words seriously. It's at the time. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've heard people that have had other people say to them devious things. And, and they're like, she can't be serious. You can't be serious. Oh, maybe they don't really mean it. No. You said it. And what you have said, you'll be judged or acquitted by what you say. So I'm going to hold on to what you say until you take it back. Otherwise, the line is drawn. So someone says, I'm, I want to bind you. Hey. I'm going to meet you at midnight. Because that's when I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for that. <clears throat> okay, there's a hand there. And, um, uh, one lesson I've learned from this story. Okay. Or rather, well, a lesson I already knew, but, it, but the story of Delilah today has reinforced it, is that the need to keep secrets. Mm. You need to be careful what you say and to whom you say it to. Mm. Okay, as a rule, don't say things until you need to say them. Sometimes you don't even know why you are not saying them. And the thing is just biting your truth. It wants to come out. <laughs> just hold yourself. Only say things when you need to say them. You find out that you save yourself a lot of heartaches. Yeah, so we take some two hands at the back and we will round up. Okay. Quiet. Yeah. Thanks, Oshu. Flee from every Delilah. Pardon me? Flee from every Delilah in our lives. We should flee. From every Delilah. Okay, that's what you've learned. Just run. It's no special, it's not cosmetic. It's not cool, you know. Running is not cool, but run all the same. Thank you. Okay, um, I wanted to share something similar, but I had an experience um, a while back. Right. So basically, because of the kind of job I do, you come across a lot of Delilahs. <laughs> um, about, I think, seven years ago, someone, I used to be very free then, and... Um, Candidate came for an interview, and um, then I used to release my numbers, my phone numbers, anyhow. So I gave this lady my phone number. Of course, not just okay, call to find out how you did. Right. And I received the text message like 30 minutes after that, sir, I can do anything to get this job, you know. And I replied out, and I was like, for your information, you know. And I'm like, don't worry, I'll give you updates. Like another hour later. I didn't tell my wife this, so you know, you said there are some secrets. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that you have peace of mind. <laughs> so, about um, 30 minutes later, she sent another message. Any hotel of your choice, any room you like, I'll get it for you. And I'm like, I sent a text message back, not interested. And this girl kept sending messages to my phone. Wow. You know, and I blocked that and you know, she came to the office and, you know, I had to give security an instruction to cut her off totally, you right. know, but when I shared with some of my colleagues, they were like, pass me the girl now, give me the number. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, there are really, really cases of those kind of people. They really okay. exist. Give yeah. me the number. <laughs> you are slacking. <laughs> what they don't know is that you are going 
higher. You have a great destiny to fulfill. You don't need any Delilah to corrupt it. Praise the name of the Lord. I think there's a hand right, right there. Yeah, sure. Good evening, church. I have been listening to the whole story, and for me, I don't think Delilah did anything wrong. She was a prostitute. Jeje and Jeje, she was standing by herself. Somebody who is supposed to be a child of God left where he was supposed to be and started following her. For her, he was just a job. For him, he fell in love with her. Delilah's I understand everything the church has been saying and um, running away from Delilah. But in this Samson and Delilah story, Delilah was Delilah. Samson had no business with Delilah. What have I learned? I've learned, as um, Lamide said, as a child of God, number one, I should not even be unequally yoked. If I have God's light, then what am I doing looking for somebody who is in the dark? So, I don't understand what Delilah has done in this story, honestly. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, while that sounded cute, Delilah did a lot of things wrong in this story. Evil remains evil, regardless of who is doing it. Evil is evil, regardless of who is doing it. So, if, if um, yes, Something had a bigger responsibility because um, in my notes here I said, yes, Delilah betrayed Samson, but the most devious thing I see here is Samson betraying himself and his covenant with God. That is huge and that is big. But to say that Delilah did nothing is, is wrong. Delilah did um, what is wrong is wrong. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The lesson that I, I've learned is if you are a Samson, never, ever, ever, ever get a haircut. <laughs> Pastor. Pastor just mentioned covenant, and he did have a covenant with God, and his yeah. covenant was that a razor. Is not supposed to touch his head. Right. So that thing that God has told you should right. never be caught. Right. The fact that he told her he could have a haircut or he there was an option of his hair getting cut, that was the beginning of Samson's end. Right. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And many times you will notice that when the people that don't know God, when when the children of God offend God and they do something that is wrong. And God allow Nebuchadnezzar or people that don't know God that are evil to punish his children. After a while, what does God do? God goes back and flogs them. Why would you do such an evil thing? Evil is evil. No matter the, where you are on the line of the spectrum. If somebody sleeps with your, a, a, a prostitute sleeps with your husband, she still committed adultery. And you will still be angry with the prostitute. You should. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Praise God. Um, I learned that um, we should not forget our source. For Samson, he actually forgot where his power is coming from. Yeah. And then he didn't know who he really is. Because 
for me, I think if, if I'm trying, I'm going wrong, the first thing that comes to me is, who am I? What is my position in God? Absolutely. He actually, he, comp he, he forgot totally. Absolutely. And that's why he was carried away. Absolutely. With the Delilah. Thank you. Now, give, give her the mic, but wait. One thing I say to God is this. Please, if I do wrong, immediately flog me. Please, don't leave me. Don't leave me. I do something wrong today. Don't leave me till tomorrow. Don't leave me. Deal with me now. You know what kills people? They do something wrong. God leaves them. He's not happy, but he's long-suffering. Then they do it again. Then they do it again. After a while, they become, the, the Bible says their conscience becomes seared, brazen. Then it, it, it appears as if everybody's saying that that thing is wrong, as if you don't even know what you're saying. We know what to do until sudden destruction comes. Then, boom. So, we're going to pray that prayer today. Those that are serious about praying that prayer. Father, don't wait till tomorrow. Correct me now. We'll pray it. Thank you. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Um, Hallelujah. In the course of the study, what kept coming to my mind is some Delilahs are in your face. You know, the ones that um, you can see adultery, fornication, you know, tempting you one way or the other. But what about those Delilahs that are just silent? You don't even know that there are Delilahs in your life. For instance, I had a friend in university. She happened to be my very close friend. And, I mean, we were both Christians, doing everything together, loving God together. But for some reason, my mom just believed that friend was not a friend. And to be honest, till today, I don't see what my mom saw. I don't know. I can't say this is what the girl did to me. She, she always seemed to have my best interest at heart. But my mom, and my mom is a very discerning woman, wow. you know. So there are some silent Delilahs that are in our lives. I remember um, when um, Pastor Dania was preaching, and she talked about a very good friend of hers, very good friend of hers, who eventually she discovered was envious of her, you know. Right. And, so those silent ones, we really need the prayer you, you, you said earlier is very apt, that we need um, God to, to be able to speak to us, to tell us who people are as we meet them. Absolutely. And we need to know those around us, really know people that surround us. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Okay, thank you. Awesome. Now, um, as we pull the curtain, before we get into the commitment, I've been reminded, what if I am married to a Delilah? What if I am married to someone who doesn't value me and can sell me for 10 pieces of silver? That's a tough place to be. It's a very tough place to be. That's why if you are single, you, you are blessed hearing this. Because there are many of us that are married, we got married before we heard this. So, if you are single, you've heard this, you have no more excuse for marrying any Delilah, male or female Delilahs. So, have I been married to a Delilah? What do I do? <laughs> ah, see your pastor, for starters. Because every situation must be dealt with in its own merit and uniqueness. What if I'm married to someone that doesn't value me, that can sell me for 10 pieces of silver? 
pretty much the same thing. But what I would say is that you try and sow what you want to reap. If you want your husband or your wife to value you, you try and value him or her and sow the love you want to reap. In due time, you will reap the harvest. All things being equal. But if you think it's a special case, maybe you want to see your pastor. <laughs> and God will help us all in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Amen. Is there anyone in your life that will sell you for silver? Why are you drawn to him or her? Is there anyone in your life that wants your secret? Why are you drawn to him or her? These are questions you must wrestle with. Is there anyone in your life that pressures you to disobey God? Why are you drawn to him or her? For you and I, we are to commit never to deal with Delilah with kid gloves. We have to commit never to deal with Delilah with kid gloves. So in the commit area, you are going to say, what you are going to write there, you are going to write it with your hands. You are going to say, write rather, you are going to write, Father, I thank you for opening my eyes. Put it up on the screen, please. Today, I am commit to be brutal with every Delilah. Write it with your hand. Okay, some of us are typing. I prefer the handwriting. Handwriting, they can show you in heaven that this is your handwriting. Typing, maybe they show you your fingerprint. <laughs> I thank you for opening my eyes. Today, I commit to be brutal with every Delilah. Write it, write it. I will take drastic steps so that I can fulfill my destiny. So that I can fulfill my destiny. Today, we have heard the word. We have committed to act on it. How will you pass it on? How will you pass it on? How will you pass it on? Now, while we think about that, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to ask you to share it. I want us to pray. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. There are a few prayers that not everybody can pray. Or what, not everybody will pray. It's okay. But the first thing is this. I'm going to pray for you. That... When you make inquiry about people sincerely before God, that God will answer you. But before I pray that prayer, I want to give you an opportunity in this place today. If you are not saved, Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You are not born again. You've been a Delilah. I say, Pastor, that is me right there inside that story. Are you saying, I want to come out, Pastor. I want to be a friend of God. I don't need you to come out wherever you are seated. I want you to put up your hand and I'll pray with you. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. God bless you. If I put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. 
Pray with me. Pray with me. I'm coming to Christ. I'm coming to Christ. Pray with me. Now, I want to pray with you, you know, that God will open your eyes to see people for who they are. So if you don't mind, I would like you to just raise your two hands to heaven as though you are receiving by faith from God. As I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray for everyone whose hands are lifted up to you, Lord. You always speak to me and tell me and reveal when I ask you. And it has saved me, and you know it, my Father. It has delivered me from a lot of traps. I pray for everyone whose hands are lifted up before you, that you speak to them when they ask sincerely, in the name of Jesus. That you speak to them in a way that it will be unmistakable, that it will be clear to them that this is what you are saying. Let your name be glorified. Even when they have heard you, when we have heard you, the grace to align and to obey you give unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Now we are still praying. The next prayer, these are people that are going to say to God, don't treat me like Samson, oh God of heaven. If I do wrong today, today correct me. Today. I want you alone to lift up your two hands. That's saying to God, today, don't postpone my correction. It's, a, it's like a dangerous prayer. If you don't want, if you want postponed correction, it's okay, can put down your hand, though. Nobody's counting or watching, though. This is you and God. I'm not saying instant judgment. I'm saying like a father corrects his own child. Of course, sometimes you need to, to flog me when I'm being stubborn. So, Father, these hands are lifted up to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We want to be treated as sons and daughters. And your word says, which son does not endure correction? Which daughter does not endure correction? We pray in the name of Jesus that you correct us when we make mistakes. Because we are children. That you are set us straight. Don't leave us to our own devices, O oh God of heaven. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we are afraid. Amen. Now, there's a final prayer. Today's a very interesting day. I can't remember the last time I led people in this prayer, but I feel God wants me to do it now. Some years ago, I took this prayer myself. <laughs> I said to God, If I will commit adultery tomorrow, 
kill me today. Just take me to heaven. This prayer is not for everybody. Just for a few people. <laughs> it's hard. Don't worry, all eyes are closed. Nobody's embarrassing anybody. You're saying, Pastor, I need to pray that prayer. If I were to commit fornication tomorrow, let God take me today. If I were to commit adultery tomorrow, let God take me today. Only you. Stand on your feet. Only you. It's not for everybody. Father, we have come to you, Lord. What is life without you? It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. Life without you is nothing. We've come and we've come to consecrate our lives to you. That we don't want to spend one day outside of your will, particularly when it comes to adultery and fornication. We are saying, Father, let heaven take note of today that we are saying if we will commit adultery tomorrow that you kill us and take us today because we don't want to live one day outside of your will. You are not just praying this prayer because we want to show off or we want to, we are making statements because we, we just want to be among like Ananias and Sapphira? No. We are making these statements because this is the cry of our hearts. We want to live without any form of defilement before our Father, before our God. We want to live without any defilement, O God of heaven. Keep us clean. Keep us pure. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are free. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you.